You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. It's not another Buffalo podcast. With John. Roy Kent is like the best character in that show. Oh, he is. Like, boy, Phoebe. And Brando. <laughs> dude, you sound like Roy Kent. Are you serious? Uh, You've been holding out on us? On Buffalo Rumblings. All right, welcome back to Not Another Buffalo Podcast. I'm John. I'm here with my buddy Brando hey, here yo. on a Wednesday evening. We're a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. You can find us on Twitter and TikTok at NotBuffPodcast. Maybe we'll finally put some stuff on our TikTok here this <laughs> week. We'll see. We never know. But uh, Brandon, how are you doing? Not too bad. You know, had the uh, golf itch after watching the PGA this weekend and had to hit a couple balls or a lot of balls today. And it should be fewer, but I suck. So it's a lot. Um, but it's always nice to get outside. How about you? How are you doing down there? Good, good. Wishing I had gone golfing today. Yeah. But it's it's already at that point in Tennessee where it's not comfortable to golf during the day. Yeah. It's just too hot and humid. Either got to go really early in the morning or go and then, you know, risk not finishing your round if it gets dark out. So, yeah. you know, we're That's already past fun. prime golf season oh. in Tennessee, unfortunately. But Listen. the fall is good. The fall is good because it stays nice here until like late November. I know it's tough, but... There's the equalizer for everything always is starting around at 6.20 in the morning or 6.15 yep. in the morning. That's the best time to go. It's good temperature anywhere in the world, pretty much, except Antarctica. No, I mean, it's a good temperature in the States. <laughs> uh, you know, I like doing it in the morning, but you know, school starts for me now. But come summertime, I'll be out there. Nice, nice. But- well, sweet. We got uh, Bill's OTAs happening this week. Yeah, so everybody's coming back and they did rookies last week. So Kincaid and company hit the field. It's interesting that they do it so close together because it's like, okay, rookies, here's what to expect. And it's a good teaching tool. I just remember playing football myself coming in as a senior, not playing since eighth grade and doing all of the summer camp, training camp, offseason sort of stuff. But not knowing, like nobody told me the protocols. Nobody told me the procedures. It's like, you know, those, when you get on a team, the way the culture is and how your practice routines are, what, like you go to camp, this is what you do at camp. This is how the drills work. You're going to break into your position groups. Like this is the game plan for practice. This is what it's going to look like. I, I didn't know any of that, right? We Our coach was dumb as bricks. He didn't explain these things to us. <laughs> and I'll tell that every time. But it's cool that they do rookie 
minicamp first. They have to know, like, Dalton Kincaid, these guys are green. What are you going to do? You're going to show up and you got Von Miller, you know, on the Pat McAfee show. You got Steph Diggs, who's not there. But, you know, these huge veteran names that show up and don't show up. And the rookies are like, oh, (laughs) I'm in Buffalo and I've never been here before. So it's good to get their feet wet. Yeah. And I think that one of the things that they also do too, I don't remember where I heard this from. I think it might've been like a Bill's Embedded episode, which by the way, I haven't watched any from this season yet. And I really need to, have you watched any of them? No. I I can't believe I I haven't yet. Like, I mean, I used to watch them premiere every single, like, you know, I'd be like sitting on my couch, you know, watching YouTube at 9 PM or whatever when they came out. But anyway, to get back to what I was saying, um, I think that they also try to set the rookies up for success in a lot of other ways too, like help them get settled in because these guys are going to be living in Buffalo. They're going to be buying a house. They're going to be managing their money and, you know, they're going to be getting paid more than they ever have before, most likely. And so just, you know, helping them through a couple of those acclimation things of just being an adult, you know, having your own house, doing all this stuff. A lot of these people haven't ever lived on their own before, you know, finding a chef in a, you know, finding a roommate, a player to right. live with. There's right. so much. Like you said, these are kids. Think about when you're moving away for the first time. And, you know, college notwithstanding, it's like after college, your first place by yourself. You got to do your right. dishes. You know, you got you to gotta do everything. Laundry. What are these? I know, actually, it's a funny story. There's an easy fold laundry service place by my house. And it's on Elmwood, 99 cents a pound. You bring your laundry in and Bill's players go there. And I, I know that for a fact, like I know that for an absolute fact. And it's just funny because they're just like you and I, there's young bachelors most of the time and, or young parents, some of them have kids and then it's like school districts, where are you going to go to school? Where are you going to live on all these sort of things? Cause I always thought it was funny when I taught in Orchard Park, you know, a lot of Bill's players, kids went to one school, but then another group of players, kids went to another school and another, like they were, they were always grouped together. You know, it's all these things. Josh is now just a veteran. He has his house. He knows what he's going to do. And he has to help these guys along now. And that's what he has to do at these OTAs. He has to help Dalton Kincaid get on the same page. He has to help these guys. You know, James Cook is going to be more involved with him. And Devin Singletary was one of Allen's best friends off the field too, right? So these other things, you're attacking the season without your buddies that you might've had before. You know, Tremaine and Milano, right? They're buddies. And Isaiah McKenzie... Mackenzie's the locker room favorite. They have to find out what life is like without these guys here. And you see these articles that say Josh Allen is more focused than he's ever been. You know, his life looks a lot different. Maybe his personal life is a lot different. We've already talked about that a little bit. We don't need to speculate on anything, but you know, Devin Singletary's his buddies no longer here. Tremaine Edmonds and him drafted together. No longer here. Isaiah McKenzie, the, a glue guy in the locker room, no longer here. So Side, side note, yeah. side note, who's going to pick up all the slack on the on the crap talking and practice from <laughs> Isaiah McKenzie, you know, because he uh, he definitely held that up from what players used to talk about. Who do who do you think can Diggs. possibly fill that role? Diggs Probably Diggs. enough for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. I was listening to this uh, clip of a podcast about Jimmy Butler, and this was interesting to me and I liked it because he said when he was drafted, he was a late round pick. He's in the NBA with two rounds, second round pick. And he got drafted to a team with Derrick Rose, Joaquim Noah, Carlos Boozer, like a good Bulls team. And he got drafted. He's maybe the 12th or 13th man. And he said when he came to those practices, he's like, Joaquim Noah was cussing out Derrick Rose and Derrick Rose was cussing out these guys. And he's like, wow, so Derrick Rose missed a pass and his teammates holding him accountable. 
like that. And he's like, nobody got the first round treatment. Nobody was the first overall pick. Nobody had these, you know, entitled mindset to him. It was like, you will be held accountable for your mistake on the court. And he's like, he's kept that attitude with him forever. And he's like, that's why he had issues in Minnesota with the with Timberwolves. It's like he was holding guys accountable, but they were like, what are you doing, Jimmy? This is practice. <laughs> but you think, you know, Allen's kind of got that edge to him, that knock on his shoulder, even if he was a top 10 pick. But I think he has that competitive work advantage where he can hold people accountable, but not in a way like Jimmy Butler can. But he can still bring somebody along. And I think that's a good leader, which this team's going to need. Josh definitely has that status. He was like that, like you said, before he had, I don't want to say earned it, but like now it's like he's he's the guy who commands the respect of the huddle, like no questions asked. You know, it's, you know, the Mahomes, the Brady's, the that level of, you know, elite quarterback play. Like there's no questions, you know, even on a team like, the Giants, you know, Daniel Jones, you're like, okay, this guy's our leader, but you know, it's, it, it's not the same, you know? Well, this is interesting. So maybe you can think about this for a second. When you think about the bills, I, Steph Diggs might be the hardest worker on the team off season all the time. He doesn't come to these OTAs, but he's not somebody that you worry about not coming back in shape. He's always a workout freak. He's running his routes. He gets his reps in. So we think of Allen being the alpha dog on the offense, but I think Steph Diggs really is also that like a one. Oh yeah, one for a, sure. And he's also a captain too on yeah. this team. So, and I just think that really trickles out. It would be nice to have him here for those reasons. But when you look at other teams, like you say the giants, it's Saquon. He's the leader on that team. It's not Daniel Jones, but when you look around the NFL, how many players can say they have two guys like that where their work ethic is off the charts? Like, Diggs and Allen on the field and off the field just have the intangibles. Who else? I don't know. You could probably say that about Mahomes and Kelsey, but not knowing a lot about what their work ethic is. Those are definitely two guys. Like when you have two superstars like that who are are veterans in the league, you know, for a long time, whether or not the, the amount of hours that they put in outside of it, like they command the huddle. You know, if, yeah. if if a guy like that tells you to do something, you do it. I just think back to Gronk as a tight end and he's like <laughs> yeah, recording think- himself working out and sending him <laughs> in, but changing his shirt and doing like seven videos at once just so he doesn't have to do them yeah. anymore. And it's like that guy's not commanding the workout huddle. And Kelsey no, kind of no, gives I me think the Gronk goofy is vibes different. like that, but it's it's not the same. You're right. Yeah. It's tough ask, but. but here's this quote from Alan after the first couple of days of OTAs and he's He's talking about how he wants to win, how badly he wants to win. And he says, just understanding our window and I want to give everything that I have for as long as I play. I so badly want to bring a Super Bowl here to Buffalo. And I just don't want anything to get in the way of allowing me to be the best quarterback that I can be for this team. I like that quote. What do you think about that? I love it. I mean, again, I think that a lot of this from our perspective stems from speculation about his personal life, which I don't want to get into, but maybe, you know, you know, something happens and you kind of throw yourself into whatever you can. And if that's football for Josh, cause it's already something he's passionate about and very committed to, then the byproduct is going to be, you know, the equivalent of like when Thor's eyes light up and there's lightning shooting out of him. Like that's the Josh that I expect to see on the field this year. Me too. You know? Yeah. Um, it's just, 
I think the roster is better this year too than it will be will have been last year at the same time come playoff time. Hopefully, we didn't get a healthy Vaughn or Trey one time together last year. Exactly. So again, and that's still a big if. You know, that's not a guaranteed or anything like that. So, um, I'm definitely optimistic. I'm ready for Super Josh, and uh, get me to training camp already. It's uh, how many yeah, months? right. It's close. I close ish. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was funny because I thought about it, you know, transitioning a little bit here when I was at St. John Fisher with Pat for training camp. I was actually at, I walked right by St. John Fisher this weekend when I was at Oak Hill for the PGA. It was, you know, the parking was at the same spot. Yeah, I got, I I lucked out. I got on the waiting list for tickets. I got Friday, Saturday, Sunday tickets. Got to spend the whole weekend there. It was like a big, awesome festival of sports, but something I've never seen before. And something that I'm so glad I did. And I going there for more than one day. One day, it's just so hard. There's so many decisions to be made. Like, it's not a normal sporting event. It's like, who do you want to watch? What hole do you want to go to? Do you want to camp out and watch everybody come through? You want to follow one group? There's a lot of different ways to do it. I did something different every day. But I will say, I did see Josh. I did have an Allen sighting on a golf cart, talking to a girl, um, driving around. And it was funny. And I just, he doesn't like me. I'm convinced of it. He just doesn't acknowledge my existence ever. I know, I'm just kidding. I get every other person. <laughs> but he's standing right next to me. He's like, oh, hey, Josh. Laser eyes. But it was funny. Really? Yeah. Uh-huh. But he was there. I mean, he was there, I want to say, every day except the rainy day. You know, the guy's a golf nut, which is cool. I think that's funny. It, it brings something to him. Just, I don't know. Yeah. I, I like that. I, I like it too. Yeah. Like, I, I want another match, you know, yes. match. With with him and Patrick Mahomes or something like that. That'd I bet we see another one. I, I would think so. It's for charity. Make it happen, guys. Well, even if it's like a like a Pro Bowl weekend scramble where it's like Alan Mahomes, Burrow, you know, who else could play golf? Herbert, and give me two more so you get a, a sixth. I don't know. I mean, you could have a Bills golf tournament on your own. Like, well, yeah, between... they do at Jim at Terry Hills. They do Jim Kelly's golf tournament. Right, Everybody right. goes. Yeah, yeah, but. Well, that's not just Bills. I mean, even Tom Brady shows up to Batavia, so you know it's uh, yeah. No, that I mean, yeah, that's a big day. But all right, tell me about this. Do you tell me if you like this idea? Each team sends a foursome for golf in the Pro Bowl, and you play like a tournament style, best ball, scramble, Pro Bowl weekend. I would watch that that entire thing. Right, you spend a Saturday doing that before the game. Right, but it has to be, it would be comprised of players that are already there. at the Pro Bowl, yeah. right? But they got to be teamed up. But I mean, like you could be a Pro Bowl player, but you could also be on the roster but not playing in the Pro Bowl, but you just need to be a player for the team. Like you you get four guys for your team. You got to make a four-man team and every 30, all 32 NFL teams get a four-man team in the scramble. I'm with it. For Pro Bowl <laughs> week, I'd watch that. Oh, dad would watch that more than the Pro Bowl. Do it up just like a PGA tournament. Like get a grandstand, put the cameras in, you know, put it on TV, make it a whole thing. I think people would go. I'm down. I'm down. I would go. So I got to ask you, where were you on the course when Michael Block (laughs) hit his ace? So I will tell you, first of all, if you go to the PGA, make sure you go with people you get along with because you have to uh, make decisions, right? Do you have to, do you want to follow a group? It's crowded. It's really difficult to follow groups. Do you want to sit down at a hole and say you stop at hole five and you watch, you know, you you, you get to hole five at, at like two o'clock 
because the leaders have are teeing off at one and you're going to watch those featured groups all the way through. So you're going to watch, you know, 12 players, six groups all the way through for a couple hours and then you're going to jump around. So we were having some dilemmas because as a six foot five person, one of the guys I was with, my buddy Adam, he can see everything fine. You know, he's <laughs> tall, but us normal folk uh, are not. So it's hard to see. So we were debating about where we should go, but we had a nice view. We were on the front row of like hole 10, right where their drives come in. Mm-hmm. So we're probably, I want to say 15, just, you know, it's five holes up, but it's like up and to the right. And he wanted to go. My buddy Adam wanted to go to the par three. He's like, I want to see it. And it's like, but if you look at the crowd, everybody's following McElroy. It's like this sea of people. And it's like, we we're watching all of the others. Right. We're watching Kepka, Scheffler, you know, all these guys. And it's like, well, well, we'll go here and then we'll jump ahead to try to try to catch them as they end. And we just hear this roar. It's just like a massive roar. And Adam's like, somebody's going to get a hole in one and we're going to miss it. Somebody's going to get a hole in one. <laughs> and I was like, no way. And it's like, he hit a hole in one. The guy hit a hole in one block. We're like, oh, we missed it. But we were there. It was really loud. It was cool to hear being so far away, that roar from the grandstand. But it was it was cool. We didn't see it live happen, but we watched him. I watched him hit a bunch of good shots, and that was cool. Nice. Yeah, that's cool. Did you did you get to see a little bit of Rory at all when he was paired with Michael Block? Yeah, yeah. A few shots at least. He I saw him birdie one, the first one. That was cool on on Sunday. Saw him come down again at 10. And saw him uh, finish. I'll say we saw him finish at 18, which is cool. There's a nice standing ovation. That was when That's I was on TV. Cool. That was when we were on TV. That's or, I know you sent me the yeah. screenshot. So Scotty yeah. Scheffler's doing something, uh, yep. you know, which who cares what Scotty's doing? Brandon's in the background, <laughs> yeah. which is awesome. Yeah. But uh, how how do you feel about Scotty Scheffler? By the way, I like, like Scotty. Really, really? Yeah. You don't, I, like, I don't Scotty like Scotty Scheffler? I don't like Scotty. Oh, I don't know why. I don't know. He's got like. He doesn't have that fear element in him or any nerves. None of or these guys like do. Well, I mean, Cup you can see Mike. a little Cup bit. Mike. You, can, you can see like, you know, just the unwavering confidence is like, oh, like okay, whatever, you, you know, it's like the, some of these guys are so good at golf because the part of their brain that would like putter out in clutch moments, like, most of us have, like all of us have, that's broken for whatever reason. And it's a huge advantage. I feel like Scotty's just like ice cold in those moments. Like if Scotty has a three shot lead on a Sunday, he's not blowing it. Put all your money on him. Like that's what I've learned in the last, you know, three years of of golf and stuff like that. Well, that's funny that you say that because I did put money on him on Saturday for his Saturday round and he blew up on Saturday, which was funny because he didn't play well in the cold. Other players did. Kepka right. played very, very well. Kepka said he gets better when the conditions get worse. But this is the other part. Like you, you're talking about, like nobody has that kind of wavering in the clutch moments. Kepka just blew a lead at the Masters, right? He had a three stroke right. lead in the final round, blew it, lost the major, and he had a lead again coming in. And he's like, it'll never happen again. He says it in the interview on Saturday. He's like, whatever happened on Sunday, I got it out of my head. It's like, I will. And I, as soon as he said that, I bet on him to win. And I won again on Sunday. I had a good betting weekend for these. Golfers. Nice, but nice. He said that. But this is the part that was interesting is you watch Tiger play golf and he is not talking to anybody. He is not socializing. He is not 
being friendly with the guy he's playing. He wants the guy he's playing in that final grouping to know I'm going to kill you. He's like, I could take a dagger out of my bag and kill you, but it's going to be my nine iron that I hit two inches from the pin. He's like, he's got that tiger mentality, that mama mentality, the, that closer finish, that Nadal fetter, you know, that whatever the Jordan, these great, great players, they have that fear. They install that, oh, that, you know, that tiger roar. The galleries are bigger. The background noise is more, but these guys don't have it. Rory was so friendly with everybody. It's just really funny. Kepka, maybe a little bit when he was paired with Bryson to Chambo. They don't like each other. They didn't really shake each other's hands on the way out. They just like totally avoided each other. I really miss that rivalry, first of all. Because honestly, like, so I'll tell you this. I didn't want to stop you if you were on a roll. But um, like Bryson was the guy who really got me into watching golf. Like I had always like playing golf through high school and stuff like that just as a hobby. Didn't really watch it. But you know, watching a couple clips of Bryson watching, you know, this guy who can hit it 400 yards or some, or hit some crazy drive or yeah. across that one pond and that one famous hole from that one course that I can't remember. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, yeah. you know, I'm not, I'm not a huge DeChambeau fan anymore, you know, cause I, I've developed a love for other golfers like Rory and stuff like that. And, you know, Bryson, he's a little bit annoying sometimes. Let's, let's be honest. And same thing with Brooks Kepka. Like I never liked Brooks Kepka initially because I was on the DeChambeau side of yeah. the, of the argument. Now I'm like, yeah, Brooks Kepka, whatever. <laughs> I, I didn't, don't like him or dislike him. That's from, an uh, interesting from full point. Swing, but full swing was good. I I I think full swing made me dislike Brooks a little bit more. He's trying to get a little sympathy for not being as good. Right. Um, right. I really like Victor Hovland. This young dude. I love, I love Victor, Victor Hovland. Hovland. Um, he can't get it done. I feel no, so bad for the guy. He's I had know. how many number two finish? Like he comes in second yeah. all the time. But that even that, like he said, his quote. He's like, I didn't push. Kepka till the 16th hole. And he's like, I, I don't know. They were talking to each other. They were being buddies. I, I watched them tee off on, I want to say it's 14. It's the drivable green at Oak Hill that Bryson, that Bryson hit over, which is nuts. He out drove <laughs> a 330 yard par four. That's, like, that's incredible. But I just don't think these guys have the tiger mentality in them, but they're still locked in to the point where Scotty Schefter's he's what he finished like minus five on Sunday. You know, he had a, he still had yeah. a great round, but they, they're, they do it differently. I'm not saying it's wrong, but it's just like, that's what separates the all time greats from the hall of fame greats. You know, Brooks Kepka has five majors now and he's playing really, really well, but he still doesn't like, I'm not afraid of him. Like I'm afraid of tiger in his prime. Right. Right. But it was still cool. Yeah. Well, that's awesome that you got to experience that. I'm super jealous. If the PGA ever comes through Rochester again, I Dude, think I'm going to have to get it there. They're trying to get a U.S. Open, which would be amazing. You got to um, look at the tour. You got to look at events coming around because they are. I'm totally going to go to more now, not just majors, but I'm, I want to go to other places. There's a couple. I think there's one in Toronto next weekend. Yeah. There's Canadian one, Open. Yeah. I there's think. one in Detroit coming up. The RBC. You know, there's Valspar. There, there's a lot of good events. You just got to find the names. You know, I like yep. Deshambo. You talked about that. The way that he changed his body and he got built and so buff. He changed his clubs. He changed the loft on his clubs. That fascinated me, and I like that about him. And how he used his nutrition. He is so dialed into every aspect of his game. And I can't hit my seven iron the same distance ever. Whereas he's like, <laughs> I'll hit my seven iron at 98% into the wind, gusting four miles per hour. So it's going to go 157.6 yards. Yeah, he no, can that, tell you. that's 
that's crazy. He hit it to seven iron, like 200 yards. It's, yeah. No, it's probably insane. more. I, I hit every yeah. single club, like 145 yards. Every <laughs> single one of them ended up at 145. Yeah. But, yeah me too. So <laughs> the, it's fast. The game we all suck at, but can't, can't get enough of. Yep. So. And I love, love that it. our team is into it and, and it yeah. gives us some more entertainment. Love it. My buddy saw right, well, Dawson Knox. Sorry. My buddy saw Dawson no, Knox at no. Harvest Hill the other day. Golf nice. Him. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, Dawson Knox, he grew up like probably about 10 miles from where I am right now. Cool. And so, uh, yeah, yeah, he's big. Everyone knows him in Nashville. There's a couple of bars downtown that have Dawson Knox jerseys hanging in them. Cool. Cool. But, yeah. Well, sweet. You guys know where to find us on Twitter at NotBuffPodcast. Um, if you have any questions or anything like that, feel free to tweet at us. We're sorry. We were going to do, okay, the nerdy thing we did with the win totals with the percentages and stuff like that. We were going to plan on asking some content or creators this week to input their win percentages and then plug it into Python and do the, the fancy nerdy Cody thing that we were going to do. We're going to try to do that next week because I ran out of time to do it this week. So my apologies. And uh, thanks, Brando, for being flexible and uh, oh, being flexible. hopping on a whim. And uh, I mean, that's pretty much what this podcast is, is just hopping on and, <laughs> and talking about the news of the week. So I like yeah. that, especially during the summer when, you know, storylines are, are few and far in between but yeah sweet until cool. uh next week go bills go bills mm-hmm.